begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. We continue with the first hymn. <coughs> For this day is Psalm 128. Uh, it is from the New Century version uh, of the Bible, and it is a translation that Louis himself used a great deal in his own devotional study. Psalm 128. Happy are those who respect the Lord and obey Him. You will enjoy what you work for, and you will be blessed with good things. Your wife will give you many children, like a vine that produces much fruit. Your children will bring you much good, like olive branches that produce many olives. This is how the man who respects the Lord will be blessed. May the Lord bless you from Mount Zion. May you enjoy the good things of Jerusalem all your life. May you see your grandchildren and let there be peace in the land. That's the word on which we build today. We continue with a prayer. O God of grace and mercy, we give thanks for your loving kindness to all your saints, especially this day we remember Louis Miller, who having finished their course in faith, now rest from their labors. Grant that we also may be be faithful unto death and receive the crown of eternal life through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
the lessons this day. Beginning with Lamentations 3, 22 through 26 are the verses. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. This is the word. Next are two passages from the Gospel of John 1, the Gospel in a nutshell, John 3, 16, and then verse 17. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And then from the Good Shepherd chapter of Scripture, John chapter 10, selected verses. I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. This is the word of the Lord. At this time we continue with the message by Pastor Barry Kolb. Grace and mercy and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. First of all, on behalf of Lorene and the rest of the family of Lewis John Miller, we wish to thank each and every one of you for taking time to be here today to celebrate his homecoming. And even though funerals are often thought of as being difficult times, we greatly rejoice today at his heavenly homecoming. I mean, how much better than during the season of Advent when we prepare our hearts for Christmas to celebrate his first coming, we also pause to celebrate his second coming. And for some people, the second coming happens way before the final judgment. A difficult day, but the scriptures remind us, Psalm 46, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, Though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. Our hearts are also comforted today by those great words of Paul to the Romans who said, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? But in all these things we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we gather here today to remember the precious life of Louis Miller. We also gather to say goodbye one last time and to celebrate the long, wonderful life that he enjoyed here on earth and to thank you for each precious moment and memory that we have had with him. His life has touched so many in so many different ways. We pray that your peace and presence will be upon us during this time, and we pray this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. It's at this time that uh, 
My son, Eric, who is the oldest grandson, is going to share a piece of music that he wrote special that has to do with some memories of his grandfather, of Louis Miller. I'm going to sing a song that it's a joyful song, uh, and it's very appropriate because uh, Grandpa lived a life of joy. And it was just a, a joy that overflowed from uh, his knowledge of, of God's grace and because he knew Jesus and, and because we know that he's with him today. Uh, he has that joy. And then he had the, the joy that came from the great love of, of his wife and his family. And, uh, and so that just overflowed. And, and when our family gets together, we just... We share so many joyful memories of of Grandpa. Just last night we were sitting, I realized, four generations sitting around the table just sharing stories, wonderful memories uh, of everything that, things that Grandpa taught us, good times that, that we shared. Uh, we all know he taught us how to work. A lot of us, we draw a straight line of our work ethic right back to Grandpa. And, but he also taught us to play. And... Uh, as the oldest grand, well, me and Perry, we're 46 now. So Grandpa's, he was Grandpa for 46 years, and he's, a, he's been a great Grandpa for. Well, Josh is turning 23 on Sunday, so he's been a great Grandpa for for 23 years. And and just thinking about the the great memories we've had, you know, Perry and I and some of the older grandkids can remember working even in the shop, and we can also remember working, you know, in the lawn raking leaves and. And, but, but then also um, playing and uh, think especially about my youngest uh, cousins, Laura and Brendan, who, who grew up during Grandpa's retirement years and, and really got to spend more time actually even playing with him. But Grandpa just, he taught us to work and also to play, but he taught us to love Jesus and the church and our family. He taught us to be kind. He taught us to keep learning and and because Grandpa knew God's love and grace, he just had that joy that overflowed, overflowed into love and to so many of memories for our family and memories for, for other people. And uh, just think about the, the joy of him telling us uh, about the kids that he was babysitting during his retirement years. And he would, anytime I'd come to visit and he wanted to show me pictures of the kids and show me this new sandbox or this new toy that he, he got for, it, for those kids and just still bubbling over in that, with that joy. And, uh, and then every time he, well, if Grandma just walked into the room, he would just light up, his eyes would sparkle, and we saw that joy right there. So I didn't really write this song completely. Actually, John Denver wrote it back in 1974. And uh, Cheryl and I had never heard this song until earlier this year. We, we, picked, we picked up an old John Denver CD, and, and we're driving back from a vacation, and we're listening to this song. And, and right away when this song started playing, Cheryl says, you know, you change a few words, and this is a song about Grandpa. And... Uh, it's a song about Grandpa because it's a song about a Kansas farm boy. And um, I don't know if he ever rode behind a mule or not, but I left that part in. And, uh, but why this song is really about Grandpa is because this is a song about a man who's, whose life was just marked by faith and love and joy.
had a grandpa named Bluey. Was his father's second boy. Born just south of Albert, Kansas. Was his mother's pride and joy. Yes, and joy was just a thing that he was raised on. Love was just a way to live and die. Gold was just a windy Kansas wheat field. Blue was just the Kansas summer sky. And all the stories that he told me. Back when I was just a lad. All the memories that he gave me. All the good times that he had. Growing up a Kansas farm boy. Life was mostly having fun. Riding on his daddy's shoulders. Behind the mule beneath the sun. Yes, and joy was just a thing that he was raised on. Love was just a way to live and die. Gold was just a windy Kansas wheat field. Blue was just the Kansas summer sky. Well, I guess there were some hard times when he went out on his own. But he read and loved the Bible. His faith as solid as a stone. And with Lorene, he raised a family. And they showed them how to love. Every good thing was a blessing. From my father up above. Yes, and joy was just a thing that he was raised on. Love was just a way to live and die. Gold was just a windy Kansas wheat field. Blue was just the Kansas summer sky. So we learned to love at their house. Where we came to work and play. And we learned to trust in Jesus. Grandpa's with him now today. So I'm thinking now of Grandpa. And it's for him this song is sung. Riding on his daddy's shoulders. Behind the mule beneath the sun. Yes, and joy was just a thing that he was raised on. Love was just a way to live and die. Gold was just a windy Kansas wheat field. Blue was just the Kansas summer sky. Yes, and joy was just a thing that he was raised on. Love was just a way to live and die. Gold, just a windy Kansas wheat field. Blue was just a Kansas summer sky. 
when Eric told me he was going to sing that song, and as I first played it and I read the words, I said, God bless you, my son, if you can do that without crying. Uh, of course, it didn't help the rest of us. Well, as we gather here this morning to remember the life of Louis Miller, I know that many of you come with a certain amount of mixed emotions. On the one hand, there are emotions of great sadness, sadness because Louis, uh, sadness not for Louis because he is in a far better place, but sadness because we have lost a dear loved one. Sadness that we could never experience some of the things that made him so very dear to all of us. But this family knows that we probably could not have received a much better Christmas present than to have the great joy of knowing that because of the relationship that he had with Jesus, he's going to celebrate this Christmas with him. Second Corinthians 5 reminds us, so we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. You see, friends, for the Christian, there is no greater joy than to be in the presence of the one who loves them like no one else can love them. So today is really not a day of mourning, but instead it is a day of celebration. It's not a day of regret, but it is a day of rejoicing. And today we come to remember the life of Louis Miller and to reminisce over those very special moments that we had with him. I know myself I'm going to miss a number of things. I'm going to miss that money on the kitchen table reminding me that I needed a haircut. Uh, But I could say today, Louis, that's no problem. I remember the times of being invited to work in the shop and constantly be told to step over here. I can remember the time coming home late one night to find that my entire basement stairs and my basement had been fully carpeted and the walls had been paneled. I remember all of those wonderful new inventions from squirrel feeders to toilet tissue swingers and in actually helping God make pine trees look better. Like many of you, I am going to miss following the instructions on how to swish out the shower water by holding on to a pipe or a handle. And, of course, I will remember the four years as I was his pastor here at Trinity keeping him awake. But even as you look around this place today, there are memories, because if you looked up into the balcony and you see that wonderful lattice work that covers the organ pipes, that's part of his handiwork. And as you sit in the pew in front of you, you see those little things that hold the pencils and hold those cards. I think there were some of us helped screw those on. You see those little buttons, you know, you probably always wondered what those are for. That's to hold your hat, which they used to do. You know, we gather today certainly to remember, but we are here to really talk about some promises that were made and promises that were kept. You see, Louis had a relationship that carried the wonderful promises of John chapter 14. This is Jesus who comforts his own disciples when he says, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. And by the way, he will have to do nothing to make his any better. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know the way, and you know. Thomas said, Lord, We do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? 
Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In our time together this morning, I just want to share just four of the promises that Louis knew very well. And promises that he believed in and promises that a few days ago were kept. That first promise is that we don't need to fear death. Jesus said, don't let your hearts be troubled. Now, I've done enough funerals to know that there are many people who are troubled at the time of death, but we're troubled because sometimes we just don't know what's going to happen when we die. But for those of us who call ourselves Christ followers, Jesus has taken all of the fear out of dying. I mean, he is the one who has conquered death and the grave, so there needs to be no fear as to where our future is. In the book of Revelation, it says, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I live forevermore. And just like that opening hymn, I know that my Redeemer lives, and because he lives, guess what? Count me in. Count in all of those who believe in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You know, the really good news this morning is that death had no grip on Jesus, nor does it have any hold on Louis, nor does it have any hold on us who believe him as well. Now, it's just simply because Christ has conquered death, and because he conquered death, so do we. And sometimes, though, we are still troubled by death because we view death as an end rather than a beginning. Paul said to the Corinthians, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. See, Louis' life is not over. In fact, just a few days ago, his life really began. He shed the temporary for the eternal. He shed the tarnished for the spotless. And he he shed the passing for the everlasting. Yes, there's no doubt about it. Our earthly bodies die. However, our heavenly bodies endure forever. I love how the Bible puts it in perspective in Second Peter. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. I think everybody here, particularly the family, knows that it was Louis' desire to be home with Jesus. I think that's the desire of everybody who calls Jesus Savior. And I believe there's probably nothing that he wanted more. And if you knew him at all, you would realize that he understood what Jesus meant when he said, do not let your hearts be troubled. So not only can we face death without fear, the second promise that was made and is kept is that Jesus prepares a place for every believer in heaven. And what has he prepared? Revelation 21 says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. You thought much about heaven lately? I don't know. I I sometimes lean back in my office chair and I just think, what what heaven's going to be like? Just think, a place where there's no more sorrow, no more crying. It's a place where the hurts and the disappointments of this world have no more sting. It's a place where the frustrations of life are replaced with unspeakable joy. It's a place where the pains of life are not permitted and the failures of life can control us no more. It's a place with no handicapped parking places, no pharmacies, no prescriptions to fill. doesn't have any hospitals, no memory care units, no nursing homes, no rehab centers. 
It's the day, the place where all of the aches and pains of life are over. The trips to the doctor have ceased and all the pain is gone. I mean, heaven, at least according to what I read in my Bible, is a place of great beauty. I want to share with you just a brief glimpse of what Louis experienced when he took his first breath in heaven. The revelation of John says the construction of its walls was of jasper. And the city was pure gold like clear glass. The foundations of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones. The twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each individual gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. Its gates shall not be shut at all by day. There shall be no night there. But there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie, but only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the middle of its street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were there for the healing of the nations, and there shall be no more curse. But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Now, I know there's some people who think Louis is up there building things yet. Asking God whether the mansions could use rollouts in the kitchen. But something I heard my wife say last night, you know, let's remember something about heaven. It's already perfect. It doesn't mean he's not looking around. There's a third promise found in John 14, and that's that he personally receives us. I want you to imagine this, that when Louis took his last breath on earth, he took his next breath in heaven, and there was the Lord standing, ready to welcome him. Well done, good and faithful servant. And can you begin to imagine that the first face you would see would be that of Jesus? Jesus standing there with his arms wide open to receive him into that great mansion that he has promised to all of his children. And at that point, Louis experienced a love that you and I can't even begin to understand. It's a love that forgives every failure that he ever had in his life. A love that mended every hurt that even only he knew about. A love that understood every feeling he ever had. A love, an unconditional love, that completely satisfied the deepest longing of his soul. The last promise is that there's only one way to get there. Jesus said to Thomas, Thomas, you say you don't know the way to heaven? You do. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. I can tell you, for knowing Louis for 50 years, he knew this. He understood this. He understood that without a relationship with Jesus Christ, there was no hope of heaven. He understood that his Jesus came to take away the sins of the world, and that included his. He believed in the greatest promise given of all. Some of those verses that Pastor Worsing read to you before from John chapter 3, 16 and 17. 
Louis's life revolved around the promises of God's Word. And because of his relationship with the Savior, he is in a place today that you and I cannot imagine or experience, but it's a place that we long for and we hope for. I know that if he were here today, he would want to express his desire to each and every one of you to have the same relationship that he has with his Savior, and many of you do. But I learned long ago that I am not going to assume that just because everybody shows up at a funeral, they know who Jesus is and that they've made their life right. Maybe there are some of you here this morning that have never really given any thought to your eternal failure and future. And maybe some of you are actually sitting here this morning and kind of wondering about what would happen after you're gone. Where would you go when you leave this world? And because of that, I want to just take just a few moments yet to share some scriptures that explain the promise that Louis had because I know he'd want me to. The first one we've already heard, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Again, I'll say it, there's no other way to heaven. It's only through that personal relationship with Jesus. I'm sure that Louis heard this, these verses many times in his 96 years from the book of Ephesians. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is a gift of God. This is not of yourself. It's a gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. There is absolutely no doubt, I think, in anyone's mind today that Louis Miller was not a good man. He was a good man in so many ways. He was a good father, a good grandfather, a good father-in-law. Uh, those of you who ever had him work for you, worked with him, knew that he was a man of integrity. He was an absolutely marvelous person. But he would also be one of the first people to tell you that none of that earned him a place in heaven. It was because of his faith in Jesus Christ. First John 5 says, He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. These things I have written to you so that you believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know you have eternal life. Wouldn't it be great to know that you will spend eternity in heaven? Well, friends, the good news is that God's Word says that we can know and that's through a relationship with Jesus who paid the price for us to be saved. And what do we need to have that same relationship that Louis had? We need to realize that it's sin that separates us from God. But it's God's great love that provided Jesus to separate that great divide between us and him. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we come to the Lord and we do as First John tells us to confess our sins. And we know that he's faithful and just and willing to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Paul finally says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How many times, sitting in, probably right about there, these years, how many times, kids, did you hear your father call on the name of the Lord? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we once again thank you for the life of Lewis John Miller. We thank you for all the lives that he has touched and the memories that he has left. And now, Father, we ask that you comfort the many family members and friends that have gathered here and help us always to remember the frailty of life. For it's in your son's precious name we pray. Amen.
Eric's going to sing another song. It's become a very special song to this family. I think it may have been sung the very first time at the celebration of your 50th wedding anniversary.
the family did want to invite everyone to a luncheon. It will be in room 140 down below this area immediately after the return from the cemetery. And if some would like to wait there uh, for the family re to return, that certainly is permissible. We continue with prayers. Almighty God, grant that all who have been baptized into Christ's death and resurrection may die to sin and rise to newness of life, and that through the gate of death and the grave we may pass with him to our joyful resurrection. Grant to us who are still in our pilgrimage, who walk as yet by faith, your Holy Spirit, that he may lead us in holiness and righteousness all our days. Grant to your faithful people pardon and peace that we may be cleansed from all our sins and serve you with a quiet mind. Grant to all who mourn, Laureen and all of hers, a sure confidence in your loving care that casting all their sorrow on you, they may know the consolation of your love. Give courage and faith to the bereaved, that they may have strength to meet the days ahead in the assurance of a holy and certain hope, in the communion of your church, and in the joyful expectation of eternal life with those they love who departed in the faith. Help us, we pray, O Lord, in the midst of things that we cannot understand, to believe in, find comfort in the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, the life everlasting. God of all grace, you sent your Son, Jesus, to bring life and immortality to light. We give you thanks that by his death he destroyed the power of death. By his resurrection, opened the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Strengthen us in the confidence that because he lives, we also live. And that neither death, nor life, nor things present, nor things to come will be able to separate us from your love, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. At this time, could we join together in offering the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We continue with the singing of the next hymn.
Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace.